0: Georgia's DBHDD is warning all Georgians that half of all opioid deaths happen at home when people take an oxy or a perk with a glass of alcohol for stress or to sleep. Learn more about protecting families from opioid overdoses at opioidresponse.info.
1: This is Georgia Today. I'm Steve Fennessy. It's Friday, December 11, 2020. Few Republican governors have been as stalwart a defender of President Trump as Georgia Governor Brian Kemp. But as Kemp has learned these past months, and especially since the election in November, the president's idea of loyalty is a one-way street.
2: The governor's done nothing. He's done absolutely nothing. I'm ashamed that I
1: endorsed him. That's President Trump on Fox News last month, realizing he could not count on Brian Kemp to support his efforts to overturn the election results in Georgia. This week, AJC political reporter Greg Bluestein on what remains of the relationship between the two men and who stands to lose the most.
0: Uh, What relationship? As I was preparing to come on the show, um, President Trump tweeted, Governor Kemp is down 18 points in a recent poll. Don't believe it. It must be more. Um, Right? That, That tells you in a nutshell of where their relationship status is. It's in the toilet. It has gone from frayed and strained because of because of you know his decision to pick Kelly Leffler over his preferred pick Doug Collins for US Senate to the pandemic where he lashed out at Governor Kemp's decision to, to aggressively open the economy to now where the the, the president has been openly encouraging um, Governor Kemp to call a special session to have the lawmakers legally overturn the results of the, the election that, that Biden won in Georgia. It's unfathomable. You, we, me and you can never have predicted this, that we'd be talking about the president tweeting openly his anger at the Republican governor, who this is one of his biggest allies in the South, to do something that you just can't do.
1: So let's go back to Friday, November 20th, which is about two and a half weeks after the election. And Governor Kemp went on TV where he said, look, my job is to certify the electors Every
2: legal vote must be counted, and the security of the ballot box must be protected. As governor, I have a solemn responsibility to follow the law, and that is what I will continue to do. We must all work together to ensure citizens have confidence in future elections in our state.
1: When I saw it, and he, I noticed that he didn't even mention the name of the president-elect, Joe Biden, it seemed like he was a little bit trying to have his cake and eat it, too, by maybe still trying to um, side at least partially with those who had some doubt or skepticisms about the results of the election. Or, or am I overinterpreting
0: that? No, you're, you're, you're interpreting it right, to me at least. Um, and remember, this was before President Trump had, had opened his really, you know, this new hostile warfare against, against Kemp. Um, but he knew back then that this could happen. And so he was trying to, to walk that line. He was, trying to, he was trying to say, I've got to do my job, which is, which is, he's legally bound to do this. After the election certified, he has to do it.
2: State law now requires the governor's office to formalize the certification, which paves the way for the Trump campaign to pursue other legal options in a separate recount if they choose.
0: He also, you know, was was the former Secretary of State who understands election law and understands Republican politics around election law. So he, he said something that he thought would be popular for among conservatives, and maybe he, you know, and I'm not saying he doesn't believe it either, but uh, would be enough to to get some of the conservatives off his back, maybe, uh, the Trump supporters off his back. Um, and, and really the same thing that Secretary Raffensperger has said. Secretary Raffensperger, Raffensperger has also called for, appealed for, Um, stricter absentee voting requirements in next year's legislative session. Uh, But again, neither of them, that hasn't helped either of them get Trump supporters who are, are, many of them believe these baseless claims, these unsubstantiated claims of widespread fraud off their backs.
2: This evening, the Republican Secretary of State of Georgia confirmed that President-elect Biden has won that state and officially certified the results. Despite how overwhelmingly clear it is that Joe Biden is going to be the next president, the current shame of the Republican Party is the almost universal
0: silence about what the voters have decided. There's a reason I'll never forget that day, because it was also as Vice President Pence was in town, um, and Vice President Pence was in town to, to rally for Senators Perdue and Loeffler, um for the January 5th runoff.
2: I can tell you, as our election contest continues, Here in Georgia and in courts across the country, I'll make you a promise. We're going to keep fighting until every legal vote is counted. We're going to keep fighting until every illegal vote is thrown out.
1: Has he said publicly, Governor Kemp, that our president elect is Joe Biden?
0: No. And neither has Senators Perdue or Leffler, or neither has most of our state's Republican top leadership. Um I, I can think of two exceptions off the bat, Secretary Raffensberger, who said he wished Trump had won. He voted for Trump, but nope, Trump didn't win. And then more recently, Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan, who went on CNN over this past weekend and said that President Trump should move on.
2: um uh, you know, if I had a chance to to spend five minutes with every single person in Georgia that that doubted, the election results, I think I'd, I'd be able to win their hearts over, show them the facts and figures, separate fact from fiction, but uh, certainly I don't have that opportunity. Um, and so, yeah, you know, on, on January 20th, Joe Biden's going to be sworn in as the 46th president and the constitution is still in place. This is still America.
0: And guess what happened to Jeff Duncan right after he said that? Trump started attacking him on Twitter too. He called him a puppet. He called him uh, a rhino, a Republican in name only and said he was too dumb or too corrupt to realize what was happening in Georgia. So a giant warning, you know, a lot lot of Republicans and and Democrats might be saying, oh, he's courageous for stepping up. Um, But a warning to other officials that, hey, when you go and do it, you know, Jeff Duncan did, you will get attacked uh, promptly.
2: Three metro Atlanta counties have been ordered to freeze their voting machines as part of a federal lawsuit that is asking the courts to overturn Georgia's presidential election.
1: You mentioned that Governor Kemp, uh, before he was governor, was secretary of state of Georgia. And so he he was the one, as secretary of state, who helped to sort of usher in our new voting system.
0: Yeah, Um, he paved the way for, for the new voting machines. Um, they're, they're now in place for the first presidential election in Georgia. And he also is responsible for most of the voting, the newer voting rules uh, that govern the state. Um, and, and of course, signed uh, a law as governor signed in the most recent voting changes into law.
2: Lawmakers got a hands on demonstration from a company that makes touchscreen voting machines that print paper ballots. Now this comes after lawmakers gave final approval to a bill that would require our state to buy similar machines. The bill is now headed to the governor's desk.
0: The new- all these lawmakers that are complaining about whatever, you know, the absentee ballot rules, or they want more verifications, or they want more, all these things that either are impossible or unnecessary, in the eyes of, of state elections officials, um, were endorsed by the Republican governor, were administered by the Republican Secretary of State, and were passed by a Republican-controlled legislature.
1: Right. So to, to cast doubt on the veracity of the outcome is sort of to disavow your own stewardship of the whole process. Exactly. Let's drill just a little bit deeper into the consequences for a republican who would who would have the temerity to state what is um what is clearly and legally obvious from the election, which is that Joe Biden won the state of Georgia. Um, incurring the wrath of donald trump, who who is a lame duck president at this point, runs what risk for them?
0: it is It is politically dangerous for Republicans right now um, to defy Trump. And one reason is they're really worried that 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 he that ostracizing him, that antagonizing him um, could mean that he could go tell his loyal base supporters not to bother in January because Republicans aren't fighting for him. Why should he fight fight for Senate Republicans? And that could cost Republicans control of the chamber. But secondly, uh, he could go rally his base in general to go oppose, in Republican primaries in 2022, anyone who didn't show him sufficiently loyal support right now. And we, we, might, we probably will be talking about, in 2022, Trump-backed challengers to Governor Kemp, to Secretary Raffensperger, and to Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan, uh, if they run at all. And like, it's not, it's not a un, unheard of that, that, all, that any one of those three might not run for reelection um maybe they were thinking about this before but certainly now with the with the with the prospect of a spirited challenger backed by the former president who knows man
1: just ahead the GOP is at a crossroads which direction will it go this is Georgia today if you like hearing the news from around the state here on Georgia today you'll probably like hearing how Georgia's agriculture economy feeds the country and the world on a fork in the road. I'm David Zelsky, and on the Fork in the Road podcast, we feature stories from Georgia's farmers,
2: fishermen, merchants, artisans, chefs, and others who help provide Georgia-grown products to folks
1: in the peach state and beyond. Find it online at gpb.org podcast or download it on your favorite podcast platform. This is Georgia Today. I'm Steve Fennessy. I'm speaking with AJC political reporter Greg Bluestein. Greg and I spoke just a few days after he served as a panelist for the two U.S. Senate runoff debates here in Georgia, one of which was carried live on several national TV networks. One of the things you spoke about when we talked in, in May uh, for, uh, on, on the first episode of Georgia Today, you talked about um, Governor Kemp's choice of Kelly Leffler as the senator to succeed at the outgoing Johnny Isakson, who, who was leaving because of health reasons.
2: Today, I'm proud to announce that conservative businesswoman and political outsider Kelly Loeffler will be Georgia's next U.S. senator.
1: This was despite President Trump's wish that it be Doug Collins. And I, I, and I think you said that Governor Kemp is, it showed he's very much his own man. Um, but it did set him in opposition to the president. And so I think that's an interesting sort of uh, uh, foundation to lay as we talk about what has occurred in Georgia since election day here, and specifically on just this past Saturday, December 5th, when Donald Trump called the governor. What what occurred during that phone call?
0: Well, um, it, it was a very um, traumatic weekend, honestly, in, in Georgia politics, because on Friday, Mike Pence came and there's this whole backdrop of of President Trump wanting to overturn the election. In the middle of all this, um, down in Savannah, there's a car wreck. Two Republicans, notably absent from the rally in Savannah, Senator Kelly Leffler and Governor Brian Kemp. The two stayed back in Atlanta today after one of Leffler's campaign staffers was killed in a car accident. The victim is a young man named Harrison Deal, who not only was he a, a, an aide to Senator Kelly Leffler, he was also basically a member of Brian Kemp's family. I mean, he he treated he treated Governor Kemp as like a a second father as as, as, a, as a father figure. Um He was dating one of Governor Kemp's daughters. And so Governor Kemp had this this personal tragic loss uh, on friday. and And amid this was this backdrop of whether or not Kemp would show up for this big rally and get like bullied or, and yelled at by the president personally president Trump's rally
1: in Valdosta.
0: Yes, President Trump's rally in Valdosta. And whether or not the governor would show up and either either way, you, you knew that Trump was likely to go after him, but will he do it in person or will will you know the, the governor be uh, you know, elsewhere and have to hear about it, watch it from afar? Yeah. Um, and the governor decides not to come because of this tragic loss. And you add this to he's getting attacked every day and hasn't lashed back at the president. Breaking news to share the Washington Post reports. President Trump
2: called Georgia Governor Brian Kemp today, urging him to persuade the state legislature to overturn President-elect Joe Biden's victory in the state.
1: His phone rings Saturday. This is hours before President Trump flies down to Valdosta to stump for uh, Senators Perdue and Leffler. So what is that conversation? What does it consist
0: of? Yeah, well, he gets a phone call. Uh, I was told it was a lengthy phone call. It started with condolences for Harrison Deal, the the Kelly Loeffler aide who, who died in that tragic accident. Um, but it quickly turns into badgering over calling a special session. The president, I'm told, continued to ask Governor Kemp why he isn't using his emergency powers to call a special session, why he can't do signature verification on ballots, why he hasn't succumbed to all these calls from from Trump and his allies to do something to not only help the president overturn the election results, but also helping senators Leffler and, and Purdue on January by tightening absentee ballot mail-in requirements. And the governor essentially said, no, I can't I can't call a special session to overturn the election results because that's illegal. Um, you cannot verify signatures with ballots because of the secret ballot. So even if you go back and look, go look at the envelopes, the signatures and envelopes, you can't match over to the ballots. And that you because also they've been separated.
1: Change. The envelope that separated. contains the secret ballot has been separated.
0: Exactly. All these signatures have already been verified twice by county elections officials. Um, and so you can go back and look at the signatures on the, on the envelopes, but you can't match them back to the ballots. And even looking at the signatures on the envelopes, state elections officials say is unnecessary. And on top of all that, if you go in and try to change um, rules midstream, right before a runoff, with voting and absentee ballots already out, uh, that will be gummed up in the courts in a heartbeat, is what the, the governor essentially, uh, the message he tried to he say to, to President Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, I was told it was not an, <laughs> it was a very fiery conversation. And it was not very friendly by the end, um, was the kind was of subtext I was told. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and the president did not, did not leave that phone conversation happy.
1: Like a campaign flashback. Hello, Georgia. Hello, Georgia. President Trump
0: promoting tonight's
1: Georgia visit on Twitter just after his campaign filed a new challenge to
0: Georgia's presidential results that turned the state blue for Biden. In At a virtual that
1: rally, Friday, Obama, uh, did President Trump invoke the name of, of Brian Kemp? He
2: did. You got to make sure your governor gets a lot tougher than he's been. He's got to get a lot tougher.
0: The, the president said he was ashamed to have supported Governor Kemp, and that was the second time he said that in recent days.
2: Because at stake in this election is control of the U.S. Senate, and that really means control of this country.
0: And he basically invited Doug Collins to run against him in 2022. Doug, you want to run for governor in two years? Buddy? Yeah, good looking governor.
1: He's inviting a primary challenge to Brian Kemp in 2022.
0: Yeah, encouraging one, um, and and Doug Collins is among several names that of, of folks who could do that. And another one was right there too. State Senator Burt Jones was in the crowd too. He was up, he was up with with President Trump. President Trump singled him out. He is a wealthy middle Georgia Republican state senator, young, um, and has been a state senator now for several terms. And shortly after that uh, that rally, Bert Jones and three other senators led the call for. A special session, a petition for a special session, um, to to go change the uh, the will of the people and to and to give Republicans those 16 electors, and Governor Kemp had to once again say to fellow Republicans why he couldn't call a special session to go and negate the votes of 2.5 million or so Georgians.
2: That would be unlawful and unconstitutional. I made that very clear over the last couple of days. The Attorney General actually weighed in on that. The General Assembly in 1960 made it very clear that the General Assembly cannot change or overturn the electors in this state if they are elected by the popular vote on the proper day for a presidential election.
1: What's your insight into Governor Kemp's sort of personal reaction to being attacked and disavowed by President Trump um, when when Governor Kemp himself has been and really remains a stalwart defender of President Trump.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I know that there's a, a sense of frustration. Um, I'm sure an anger. And if, and and I what I'm picking up on is betrayal. You go into this thinking that Trump feels like Kemp owes him big because Trump came in and endorsed Governor Kemp. Um, it, six days before the Republican runoff in 2018 against Casey Cagle, and and Kemp won by a landslide, giant, huge, easy victory. Um, and so, you know, in that sense, Trump has always, I think, felt like the governor owed him payback. And when he didn't pick Doug Collins for that Senate seat, um, that that was that was a betrayal. But at this point, too, you're also looking at a governor. Who has put his name on the line for for President Trump, even as his popularity waned, even as he did, as he made decisions um, that weren't all that positive for, for his administration, whether it be uh, attacking his decision to open the economy, um, whether it be holding up, uh, there was you know the, the long fight over Hurricane Michael federal relief, all these issues that that have you know that have been hard for Governor Kemp to defend, and Governor Kemp has, He's remained, you know, as, as close as you can be to President Trump, even when President Trump's beating him up.
2: The governor's done nothing. He's done absolutely nothing. I'm ashamed that I endorsed him.
0: I think you were surprised, but I've had a lot of Democrats come reach out to me and just say, I can't, you know, I don't like him, but I can't, you know, I feel bad for him. I feel bad that Governor Kemp is is in this bind right now. It's not his fault. He's just, he's doing his job. He's doing something that that we wouldn't have batted an eye out a few, a few years ago and now is, you know, national news.
1: And, and President Trump isn't the only one who sort of abandoned Governor Kemp. Kelly Loeffler has not stood up for Governor Kemp either, and he's the one who appointed her to fill the seat.
0: Yes. Um, you know, although publicly it looks terrible, uh, it doesn't look great. Um, they're not warring. They're not at odds with each other at all. Um, he, Governor Kemp is Kelly Loeffler's closest political ally, period. And, um I think the Governor would probably be the first to tell her you can't stand up for me right now huh it's just not politically expedient that 's just my hunch yeah um so, but
1: is that why we we are not seeing Governor Kemp out on the hustings stumping for um for kelly leffler
0: yeah i I think that's one reason right now he is not a he is not a popular political figure in the republican circles which is which is quite the contrast to just you know just a few weeks ago, and look when I asked. Kelly left with that question at the debate the other night. Uh, Senator, President Trump has attacked your closest political ally, Governor Kemp. as hapless. He said he was ashamed to support him. He even invited uh, one of your former rivals to run against him in 2022. Was the president wrong to say that about the governor? And are you concerned his comments could alienate some Republicans in Georgia ahead of the runoffs? Well, the president has the right to pursue every legal recourse to make sure that this was a free and fair election in Georgia. And we know that these... She wouldn't answer that straightforward. And that that kind of reflects the position she's in, because she she can't, politically speaking, she can't afford to alienate President Trump right now. Any sort of hint at that will lead to a, a tweet that he can fire off in three seconds that questions her loyalty to him or that... Or her loyalty to the Republican base and could literally cost Republicans the Senate. If Kelly Leffler loses, uh, that is that is a defeat that st- that th- that is also Governor Kemp's. I mean, Governor Kemp picked her out of out of hundreds of other applicants for this job because he thought that she she would be a great running mate for him in twenty-two. And he wanted it's up to him to pick someone who could win this seat in 2020. So um, you know, if if she loses. It's on her and it's also on him. And I think people close to him are fully aware that um, his capital will be, you know, just decimated if she loses this race and if President Trump continues his attacks. I mean, you're looking at a governor who can't turn to Democrats for much help and who can't turn to his own party for much help.
1: Our thanks to Atlanta Journal-Constitution political reporter, Greg Bluestein. Donald Trump has not let up on Brian Kemp. On Thursday morning, the president tweeted that Kemp, quote, is finished as governor, unquote. Meanwhile, after losing dozens of court battles challenging the outcome of the election, Trump is now focused on a lawsuit brought by the attorney general of Texas, who's asking the U.S. Supreme Court to invalidate the results of four battleground states, including Georgia. Georgia's own attorney general, Chris Carr, has called the lawsuit, quote, constitutionally, legally and factually wrong," unquote. that didn't stop Trump from calling Carr on Tuesday to warn him against rallying other Republican attorneys general against the president's efforts, which senators Leffler and Purdue say they support, despite there being no credible evidence of fraud that would come close to reversing the outcome in Georgia. I'm Steve Fennessy. This is Georgia today, a production of Georgia Public Broadcasting. You can subscribe to our show anywhere you get podcasts. Our producer is Sean Powers. Eva Rothenberg is our intern. We'll see you next week. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more.